Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. The title of this morning's message is Make a Way. Make a Way. I want you to think of these three questions as we just kind of kick off this morning. Number one is, who made a way for you? Who made a way for you? As you think about your faith in Jesus, you deciding to follow Him, who made a way for you? The next question is, are you making a way for others to find out about Jesus, to give a good representation of Jesus so that they might be just that step further um, to get to know Him? And number three, can you make way in your heart to continue to experience the wonder of what Jesus has done? So let's pray for those three things this morning. Lord, we come to You and we thank You that, Lord, we just were able to stand and sing this morning. We thank You that You've brought us through uh, to that place. Lord, we pray for everyone in Queensland who might be fearful of a further lockdown. We pray that You would, uh, Lord, really help things there. And even across our globe, people do not have the same freedom that we have and we think of them at this time. But Lord, right now we focus our thoughts on this Palm Sunday of making a way for You in our hearts and in our lives in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. So back at the start of the Bible, Old Testament we're talking, is the origin story of humanity. The origin story of how humans came about and all of creation in fact, but then how that was broken, how, how we made a wrong choice and, and how that was broken. And then it kind of moves into history devoid of God and what that looked like and the consequences of that. It very quickly after that goes into the missio day, the mission of God, the missional God who goes, He doesn't just stay aloft in heaven, but goes into, enters into humanity and, and actually embraces them and gets involved in the midst of their suffering. And then it, it goes to after that, how He made a nation how He wanted to declare and proclaim His goodness to people through a nation and that was the nation of Israel. And then there's this big theatrical narrative that goes on for a couple of thousand years about how He was with those people. It's how they choose God and choose faithfulness to Him and the far-reaching consequences of that. And then oscillating between that and when they don't choose God and don't choose faithfulness to Him and the far-reaching consequences of that. Maybe you recognise that pattern in your own life where you choose faithfulness to God and the far-reaching consequences and then you don't and the far-reaching consequences, hopefully in an ever-increasing pattern of trusting Him more and more. But for these guys, it was a downward spiral of trusting Him less and less to the point where they actually were taken um, out of their homeland, captured because they had rejected the faithfulness of God and, and actually put away in a foreign land. The prophet Isaiah had prophesied about this for 39 chapters. They didn't have chapters, but he'd prophesied for a very long time about this taking place. That if you continue to reject God, if you continue to put your trust in humans rather than in the Lord your God, that you will actually come to a place where you were carried off into a far land. He actually prophesied that. And then in chapter 40 of the book of Isaiah, it changes tack. There's a shift and he begins to prophesy that actually you're going to come back to your homeland. And this is how it starts. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, 
that she's received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Verse three, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rush, rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This concept of a highway, making a a way for the Lord, would have been completely familiar to the people at the time because what would happen is that they would make highways through the desert, they would make highways through the land for the king to come and ride and to survey his empire, the conquering king, for them to see what was theirs and, and how great they were. They'd make the rough places smooth for the king to be able to ride through. They'd make the, the um, valleys, they'd, they'd, they'd fill them in and, and they'd find the best place and the easiest way uh, for the king to get through. You, you see this even um, in various places around. We were in Canada last year and, and every highway had, you know, Queen Victoria Highway or King Edward Highway. It was these, the concept continuing of that this is what, where the king or the queen goes to survey their land. In the Torah... Um, in, the, in the book of the law, where they put highways was into cities of refuge. So there were these places that God had ordained that would be cities of refuge so that if Jules killed me by accident, that Daz would not immediately just rise up and kill her in his absolute rage as he could not fathom a life without me and rose up in anger and slit her throat. Wow, this is going dark. Sorry, I'm backing off. Um, but Jules would be able to because that is what would happen. Without any um, way of due process or um, a court of law or anything like that, the family of those who had been hurt would avenge their loved one. And so God ordained places in this very primitive society where it was every man to himself. He ordained places where if Jules killed me accidentally, because it was an accident, right Jules? Yeah, cool, okay. Um, that if she killed me, she could run to that place of refuge and have her case heard. And they would make highways for those cities of refuge. So whereas people in those days would, as kings or queens, would, I'm the best, I'm awesome, make me a road to survey my land. God set up a road for people who would, would maybe be in danger for cities of refuge. He's a, is a pretty amazing God. So then they would have been, the people in Isaiah would have been familiar. So fast forward 800 years and we head to when Jesus is walking the earth and there's a man in the wilderness He's preaching, he's giving a message and he's yelling out to people and he's in all four Gospels. So the Gospels are just like testimonials. They're apologetics of who Jesus was. They're they're to give a reason and an explanation of who Jesus is. That's the whole purpose of the Gospels, giving the good news about Jesus. And, And these people of Israel now, they've been in exile. Then they got to go back to their homeland like Isaiah said they would. Then they got to stay there for the next 800 years, but always with someone occupying their country. So it would be like Indonesia occupying Australia and we're here and we live here, but there's someone ruling over us. Well, here they had, first of all, um, the, the Persian Empire ruling them. Then they had the Greeks come and conquer. Oh, they had a short stint of independence, but then Alexander the Great came and conquered them. And then they rose up as the Maccabee revolt and then they got trounced again. And then the Roman Empire rolled in. 
And in that environment, there's a dude in the desert who's pretty weird preaching and talking about Jesus, talking about repentance firstly. And he's telling them, you guys, you're so religious, but you're not doing anything for anyone. I wonder if you want to put up your hand and say, yeah, I identify, I'm like that. I'm pretty religious, <laughs> but I'm not doing, Jace, well, wow. okay, we're going to pray for you. <laughs> he's saying, you, you guys, you just, you're out there, you reckon that you're so holy, but you're extorting the poor. You're not lifting anyone up. You're using what you have to better yourself without thinking about anyone else. And he's just preaching to them and giving them what for. And in all four Gospels, it talks about in Matthew chapter 3, verse 1, it says, In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Verse 5, people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptised by him in the Jordan River. I baptise you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Verse 13, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John. But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptised by you and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfil all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up, out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Pretty amazing story. John the Baptist looking at Jesus and going, no, 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 I'm preparing a way for you. What are you doing coming to be baptised by me? And Jesus saying, I've just got to be obedient right now. I've, I'll even go through the waters of baptism to show everyone else that it's nothing for them to go through the waters of baptism. So just do it, John. And, and the Spirit of God alights on him. Now, Mark gives a version of the same event. Mark's the gospel that's really short. So if you don't like reading and you've never read a gospel, go with Mark because it's just a pow, 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 immediately. And then, and then, and then. And there's all these things just happening. So Mark chapter one, it's just like straight up there. It says, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for Him. And then we have Luke's version and Luke is like a doctor. He's writing to report to Theophilus and he's going to... I was just like wanting to break out into a bit of beatboxing. So I did and now I'm done. And so Luke was the researcher and he looked for... Um, he, he gave all the facts for Theophilus. He was the one who would um, find out all the ins and outs and all the detail. So if you're a details person, you should read Luke. For example, Luke chapter 3, In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judah, Herod tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip tetrarch of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Cephas, the Word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for Him. But Luke, because he's a details guy, he doesn't just give the first few lines and let everyone else who would have known these verses inside out get the rest in their head. He gives it because Theophilus was a Greek. He wouldn't have known this. He says, every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth and all people will see God's salvation. 
And then we see John's version and John's the relationship guy. He's the relational person. If you're a feeler and you just wanna give everyone hugs, you should read the Gospel of John. John chapter one, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. And everyone's like, (laughs) so he's saying, the one who comes after me, because I was here first, He's gone ahead of me because He was actually there since the dawn of time. So He's like, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, who's always been and always will be. Then John, I myself did not know Him, but the reason I came baptising with water was that He might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on Him. And I myself did not know Him, but the one who sent me to baptise with water told me, the man on who you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptise with the Holy Spirit. So there's John just going around baptising people and they're coming from everywhere. And he is the one who is making way for the Lord. Make a way. Fast forward a couple of years, John's dead. It's unfortunate. Beheaded. Um, I feel like that was a little bit trite and not sympathetic. Sorry, John. Uh, Matthew 21, don't know how to move on from there. Matthew 21 verse 1. Here is another narrative of something that happened when Jesus came. And today, for those of you who don't know, is Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is the Sunday before Easter. And, and we're reading about an event that happened a week before Easter in the Bible 2,000 years ago. Matthew 21 verse 1, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you'll find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and He will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what the law, fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of Him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Verse 12, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, He said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to Him at the temple and He healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things He did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked Him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants, you Lord have called forth your praise? And He left them and went out of the city to Bethany where He spent the night. So here is the Lord's triumphant entry. Here He comes about to head into Jerusalem on a donkey. Now last year, Palm Sunday, we looked at the fact that triumphs um, in that day were usually on a war horse. They were usually through the centre of town. They usually had the slaves and the plunder that had been pillaged going before them to let everybody know, here's a powerful person coming. That that person would usually be riding 
um, high, they'd be held high and there'd be a slave next to them whispering in their ear, remember that you are but a mortal just in case they might consider themselves a God because they just conquered so much. And as they went in, they had two white bulls that they were gonna sacrifice at the temple to the God of war once they got to the centre of town. And behind them was their army that would show their might and their strength and everything was, hey, look at me, I am amazing. They would pass out coins um, with their faces imprinted on them. And, and you know, this still happens today. We have the Queen on our coins. And, but back in the day, it, it would have been propaganda, usually a message stamped on them as well. In Britain, the coins have, after Elizabeth II, it says D-G-R-F-D. De gratia, regina, fide, defensa, which means by the grace of God, defender of the land. To which Harry and Meghan might say, yeah, defender of the land. Whoa, guys, come on. Don't bring up controversial topics in the middle of church. Wow, time and place, people. But this was an anti-triumph that Jesus was doing. You see, he didn't even wait till he got into Jerusalem. He, he was giving an indictment against the people of Jerusalem and the religious leaders of Jerusalem. So he's still on the outskirts of town. And he's been praising by those who are, <clears throat> he's being praised. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> by everyone that's not on the inner at the temple, but being praised by everyone who's on the outer. He's a gatherer of the people who are on the out and they're all praising Him and they're cutting down palm branches. Now palm branches, they were, they were a sign of victory. They were given to athletes who had um, won in the Greek games in ancient Greece. Uh, they, were, they were the goddess um, Victoria, goddess of victory, the Roman goddess. She had a, a wreath of palm branches. Oh no, no, she held a palm branch in her hand, in her right hand. It, it was a sign of victory. Um, the goddess, Roman goddess Victoria was the equivalent of the Greek god Nike, who was like the, the one who determined the winner of war. Um, anyone wearing any Nike apparel today? Yeah, okay, good. Because I was going to say, oh, up the back, yep. Pagan worshipper, cool, 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 cool. Okay, uh, and so, um, and so the, she's a goddess, but she did not only determine the winner of wars, she also determined... Um, she had victory over death. That was hers. And so it is incredibly significant that people are cutting down palm trees to wave Jesus in and to put them on the road before Him, to lay their cloaks down, to make the rough road smooth for Him. They're making a way for Jesus to enter into Jerusalem. And then they, they all go and He heads into Jerusalem and He goes to the temple, not to make a sacrifice of bulls to the God of war because He's the all-conquering hero, no one knows, but he's about to be the sacrifice to show that he could conquer death, hell and the grave, to show that he is actually the one who has power over everything. He's going to lay his life down and he goes into the temple and he drives out the money changers. Why did he do that? Because they were profiteering, absolutely. But also he drove them out from the place where Gentiles, where people outside the Jewish faith could come and pray. He's like, how dare you? Well, this is a, the message of inclusion that has been there since the beginning. And you're driving those people out and saying, no, we're in and they're out. He's like, how dare you? My house is called a house of prayer for all people, for all nations. Let them come back in. That's who I am. That's what I'm making a way for. And He made that way. And the kids, the kids are saying, Hosanna, son of David. He's like, those on the outer and the kids, I'll take that. 
I don't mind that it's not the people in high positions of power. I'm just looking for hearts that will worship me in spirit and in truth. And he determines that that is what he's going to do. So they made a way. Come back to our questions because it's Palm Sunday. Who made a way for you? Who, who made the, the rough place smooth for you to be able to find Jesus? When you thought that that obstacle was too big, who made a way for you to come and discover faith in Jesus Christ? And who are you making a way for? Where people hear judgment, who are you pouring grace into? Where people hear an angry rhetoric, who are you showing kindness to that leads people to repentance toward God? Who are you making a way for? And how will you make a way in your heart as we head into Easter to continue to discover the wonder, the wonder of who Jesus is, the wonder of what Jesus has done? I wonder if your next step might be a baptism. Point over there because it was there last week. It's not there now. A baptismal pool was there last week. Maybe your next step is a baptism. What better Sunday to be baptised than Easter Sunday? And you can, you can let someone know, you can let me know that you want to be baptised next week if you like. Baptism, you see John was baptising people um, down at the River Jordan and Jesus Himself got baptised. And then Jesus said to His disciples, go into all the world and make disciples, baptising them in the Name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost. Maybe that's your next step to make a way in your heart for what Jesus is going to do next. Maybe you're like, oh, well, I got baptised when I was a baby, Bron. Yeah, okay. Um, that's good, but not in the Bible. So in the Bible, it's where people get baptised as a decision and showing people, I am deciding to follow Jesus as an understanding person, as a person of understanding. I'm making a decision that I am engaged with, with my mind. Maybe baptism is your next step. Maybe you've never done it. It's like, yeah, it's time. My granddad got baptised. I'm pretty sure it was 82 years old in the Lachlan River, been a Christian his whole life. And my mum and dad showed him in the Bible where it was. And he's like, well, we better get this done. And went down to the Lachlan River and got dunked. It was awesome. What's your, not too proud to just humble himself before the Lord and take his next step. How might you make a way? Who might you make a way for? Easter is prime time to invite people to church. They're just a simple invitation. I'm going to church on Easter. You want to come? Great opportunity to invite people to church. So by all means, make a way for other people. Where are you going to change the narrative that they're hearing from Christianity into one of love and acceptance where they might be hearing exclusion? Make a way. Make a way for others. Make a way for your heart and remember who made a way for you. And why not text someone who made a way for you this week just to thank them, to say, I'm so grateful that you did what you did and I'm where I am right now because of that. Feel free to text that person and, uh, and just to honour them. So right now we're about to continue the conversation. So if you've got any questions, pretty straightforward message. But if you have any questions or something you'd like to continue the conversation with, um, then feel free. But I'm going to pray before we, um, those, all those people leaving in the baristas. So just letting you know there's coffee, good coffee after the service. And, uh, <clears throat> and you're more than welcome to stay and, and grab that. But I'm going to pray before we um, continue the conversation. Let's close our eyes. Now, last week we had a bunch of people make decisions to follow Jesus. They just kept going and putting their hands up. 
And so I'm going to pray for them right now, for all those people, some are in the room and some aren't, that their next way might be really made clear, that their next step might be made clear. And I wonder if you're someone who's really followed Jesus um, for a long time, if you might join your faith with mine and pray for these new believers. Lord, we just ask You in Jesus' Name that all these people that made decisions to follow You, Lord, You say that sometimes on the ground seed falls and it gets snatched away. Lord, we pray for Your protection over that Word of God in their heart in Jesus' Name. We pray that, Lord, you would, uh, you would foster that, Lord, that You would bring the right people into their lives and the right resources into their life for them to be really well discipled in Jesus' Name. Lord God, that they wouldn't just depend on a Sunday service to feed them week on week, but Lord, they would discover Your Word and know who You are. And Lord, they would be obedient to You and follow You through the waters of baptism, Lord, that even Lord, that they might hear and understand about baptism of the Holy Spirit and they might experience that as well. Lord, we pray for all these new believers in Jesus' Name. Lord, we thank You for everyone who made a way for You into our lives. And Lord, we just right now think of them, we bring them to mind and say, thank You so much for them, Lord. Would You bless them? Would You help them to know what they've done and how much it's meant to us? And Lord God, would You continue to show us a way in our hearts to, to just to find a way, make a way to see the wonder of, of following You. Sometimes, Lord, we let it feel like it's a, a burden, a heaviness. Lord, would You remind us that following You is the greatest privilege of our lives, that the assurance that we have of peace is unlike anything that this world has to offer. We ask in Jesus' Name. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.